first Sunday after the Epiphany, which was observed on January 6th, today we celebrate the baptism of our Lord Sunday. However, since January 6th was only yesterday, I want to also observe Epiphany on this day in addition to the baptism of the Lord. Epiphany means appearing, bringing something to light, making manifest or visible what was once unseen and hidden. It is at Epiphany that we celebrate the revealing of the infant Christ as the light of the world. We rejoice and celebrate just as Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 60, one through six, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Epiphany marks the coming of the wise men to see the Christ child. Their coming was recorded in the gospel lesson. These wise men knew the scriptures and had read about a savior that was to be born. They wanted to come bring gifts and worship him in reverence and humility. They prepared themselves for the manifestation of God's presence and experience the epiphany. They worship him not only as the king of the Jews, but also as their Lord and Savior. As we take this journey with the wise men, we should learn how to experience our own epiphany, allowing our Savior to reveal himself to us in ways we have never seen. We must be able to step out of the box, step out of our comfort zone and allow God to be God. Not only do I want to know him as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, my provider, but I want to know him as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, my healer. I want to know him as Jehovah Shalom, the Lord God, my peace. And I don't know about you, but I need God to show up and fight my battles. So I need to know him as Jehovah Nisi, the Lord God, my banner. I need to experience El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. I need somebody to shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. So I'm going to talk to you just for a few moments from the subject, preparing for God's presence. Preparing for God's presence. Here in our text, we are informed about the special visit of the wise men from the east. 
you see the wise men or magi traveled along and difficult journey from the east, following the star that promised them such great rewards for their struggle. When King Herod learned about this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. He called together all of the leading clerics and scholars of the law and he questioned them to see where the Christ was to be born. They told him that the Christ was to be born in Bethlehem, in Judea, because this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and found out from them the precise time the star had emerged. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, Report to me so that I can go and worship him too. The wise men did as the king directed them, and the star they had seen in the east went before them until it stopped over the area where the child lay. Upon arriving at the house, they observed the child with his mother, Mary, and they kneeled and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then they were miraculously warned in a dream not to go back to Herod as he planned to kill Jesus in preserving his authority and to return home by an alternate route. This story is a wonderful example of how we should prepare for God's presence. So, Pastor Debbie, how do I prepare for God's presence? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Using the wise men, let's look at our text to understand how we should prepare for God's presence. Point number one, to prepare for God's presence, you must have unconditional obedience. Unconditional obedience. In our text, starting with verse three, we see that Herod heard about the Magi and the star, and he then contacted the chief priests and the scribes of the Jews together to ask questions because he was troubled. So he learned that this newborn king would become a governor and a ruler, and Herod couldn't allow that to happen. So he called for the wise men to ask about the star, and he instructed them to find him because he wanted to worship him too. Now, I was wondering what was going through the minds of the wise men. Did they even wonder 
why a king wanted to worship another king? We will never know. The Bible said they went as the king instructed. They didn't ask any questions. They didn't grumble or complain. They didn't tell the king to send his own people to find the king. They just did what they were told to do. And as a result, the star appeared again. The same star that they saw in the eastern skies. It led them on until it hovered over the place of the child. How many of you know that obedience is better than sacrifice? You see, our problem today is that we want to know all of the details first. And then we will go. God, why do you want me to do that? What's going to happen if I do that? We want the Lord to show us. Show it to us now. Give us the answers we want before we step out and do what God has told us to do. But the Lord is saying, if you step out on it, I'll show you it when you need to see it. Because if I show it to you before you go, then you won't need faith for the journey. You see, faith means you've got to trust God even when you can't trace him. You have to make up in your mind that either you're going to trust God's word or you're going to miss out on your blessing. You see, God honors obedience. Can you trust God enough to follow God's commands even when they don't make sense? Remember, I shared with you the story of this evangelist who was going and doing a revival and, and the Lord told her to, for that day to wear pants because he wanted her to go in the church to do a cartwheel. She was like, a cartwheel? You want me to go to the church to do a cartwheel? But she did what the Lord told her to do. She went to the church. She did the cartwheel. And then after the service, a woman came up to her and said, I prayed and asked God, if you are real, then I want to see your servant do a cartwheel in the church. So can you trust him enough to follow his commands even when they don't make sense? It doesn't make sense for me to give my money when I have all of these bills to pay. But I'm going to do it because God told me that this is what I must do. It doesn't make sense for me to pray for my enemies. The ones who are talking about me. The ones who are pulling me down. The ones who are spreading my name all over the place. 
It doesn't make sense. But I'm going to do it because God told us to do it. It doesn't make sense to wake up in the morning with sickness in my body and saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. But I'm going to do it because the Lord God told me to do it. No, it doesn't make sense. No, I don't understand it. But if God said it, then that's what I'm going to do. If we are obedient to God, God will flip the script in our favor. In our favor. When God says yes, nobody. I don't care who they are. Nobody can say no. We serve an awesome God. Hallelujah. Point number two. To prepare for God's presence, you make the atmosphere right when you recognize his royalty. To prepare for God's presence, you make the atmosphere right when you recognize his royalty. The wise men wanted to give glory to the Son of God here on earth. So they brought gifts befitting a king. Verse 11 lets us know that they brought gifts. The wise men didn't know what kind of ruler Jesus would be, but they knew he was a ruler and he came to earth not as an earthly king, but as a king to save all men. They sat and prepared an atmosphere that symbolizes his royalty, his kingship. You see, we must present what is most valued and most precious. Hear me. God does not want your leftovers. Let me say that again. God does not want your leftovers. God wants the first. The wise men presented their best to Jesus. The first gift of the Magi was gold. In the days of Jesus, only the wealthy and powerful had gold. Kings wore crowns made of gold, displaying their status as ruler and leader. This gift of gold symbolized who and what Jesus would become, the king of kings and the lord of lords. The second gift of the Magi were frankincense, used as an incense or perfume. And when it's burnt, Frankincense produces a sweet aroma that is highly fragrant. This sweet-smelling incense was burned every morning and evening by the Jewish priests at the temple. It symbolized holiness and righteousness, pointing to Jesus' priestly robe. The third gift was myrrh 
Myrrh was considered a sacred anointing oil and was used to anoint priests, kings, and most importantly, the tabernacle. Myrrh was also used as an embalming oil for the dead. This royal gift symbolized Jesus as the anointed one. Sometimes you've got to give up some stuff that is most valuable to you. Some stuff that you love to make the way ready for God's presence in your life. Those things that we know God tells us not to do. Yeah, those are the things you got to give up. Yes. Because the Bible says to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. We've got to give it up and set the atmosphere for Jesus. And I guarantee you, when you do that, Jesus will show up and show out on your behalf. My final point, point three, to prepare for his presence, you must have unrestricted adoration unrestricted adoration. The Bible says when the wise men saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worship him. They came in reverence to someone whom they knew was mightier and more powerful than they were. As soon as they stepped in the house, they worshiped. They didn't ask for anything. Can you imagine what church would be like if as soon as we stepped in the sanctuary, we just began to worship God? We would experience the presence of God like never before. We serve a true and living God, a God that we can feel. We just have to worship and embrace the presence of God. Step out of your comfort zone. Yeah, I know you've been here for years and years and they've done it like this and they've done it like that. But have you ever experienced a true worship experience of our Lord and Savior? Has the presence of the Lord just came upon you where you just lifted your hands and the tears just began to stream down? You just felt this warm presence. A warm hug. Father, wrap me in your arms and father me. We can feel the presence of our God, but it's up to you to allow that to happen. We don't serve a statue. 
We serve a true and living God. Do you all believe that? So if our God is living, then we can feel God. Sometimes you can, you can, you, you can just be sitting here and you just shake like, like that. And you don't, you don't know. You, you just feel like a chill. Like, whoo. I know I feel it right now. Allow God to come in. But it's up to you. Only you control that. Right? Because we are free moral agents. God is not going to make you serve him. God is not going to make you love him. You have the choice. It's up to you. Accept him or not. But if we could just walk in the church and begin to just worship God, we would experience the presence of God like never before. Unrestricted adoration to our God. (laughs) Can you praise and worship God before God does what you're looking for him to do? Understand, anybody can praise God when you've got the job you want, when you've got the family life you want. Anybody can praise God when you've got a good, clean bill of health. But can you praise and worship him before you get what you've been looking for? God, I've been sick. God, I need you to heal me. Can you praise him and worship him while you're in that sickness, while you're in that pain, before he even heals you? Can you do that? Unrestricted adoration. You see, we should not praise and worship God for what we want God to be, but we must praise and worship him because of who he is. He is the son of God. He is the lily of the valley. He is the bright and morning star. He is the rose of Sharon. He is a rock in a weary land. He is the shelter in the time of storm. That is who God is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is who God is. So if we worship and praise God for who he is, just in singing that song, God can come in. If we sing it from the bottom of our hearts like we really mean it to let God know who he is, God will do some awesome and mighty things. For the Bible says they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. My praise and worship is not contingent upon what God has done for me. But my praise and worship is based on who God is. And when I praise and worship him for who he really is, God will manifest himself. God will reveal himself. God will work those things out that we've been trying to figure out. 
unrestricted adoration changes your destiny. After they worship him, they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod. So they left for their own country by another road. So we are exhorted to draw near to God with the promise that God will then draw near to us. Every Christian can and should experience the manifest presence of God. Each person's experience with God's presence will be different, but we can all experience it. Just begin to seek God's face and thirst for his presence, and you will find that he truly will reward those who diligently seek him. Amen. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word this morning, letting us know how to prepare for your presence. God, we want to allow you to come in and have your way. God, we want to allow and experience you. So we open ourselves up to you, Father, to see you in ways that we've never seen before. Be with us and keep us. Minister to us, God. We love you and honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.